0: Open dreams, open dreams, the best place to be. For action, word. We will fight We will make it big. Here at open dreams, open dreams.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Open Dreams podcast. My name is Mali and Titus Agondo. I am an Open Dreams scholar and the host of the Open Dreams podcast. The Open Dreams podcast is a collaborative series that features members of the Open Dreams network who are doing relevant community changes, who are actually carrying out projects, and giving them that opportunity and the platform to share not only their passion about specific subjects, but also to throw light uh, in an effort to further propagate the impacts that Open Dreams is very, very passionate about. And to this episode... We have um, Hoffman Muki joining us all the way from uh, the UK. We are going to have an interesting discussion with Hoffman today about how to get a scholarship. And so our conversation and our discourse is going to circle around the process, both of undergraduate as well as graduate scholarships. In the course of the discussion, Hoffman is going to throw more light um, as to how individuals can go about finding scholarship opportunities identifying discuss opportunities that suit well for them as well as going after them in terms of application um, as well as interviews so we're not going to introduce hoffman we'll let him do we we'll let it do him himself because I believe that he has more information with we'll respect to that. Hoffman welcome to the Open Dreams podcast too.
2: Thank you Titus um, hello greetings everyone I'm Hoffman Moki and I'm an Open Dream scholar and a MasterCard Foundation scholar. I studied at the University of Edinburgh I graduated in July 2022, uh, and then I work at BlackRock London as a software engineer. It's um, it, um honored and it's my pleasure to be on this podcast.
1: Amazing, Hoffman! It's it's absolutely wonderful to have uh, individuals such as yourself, you know, join us at Open Dreams Podcast. And before we delve into the discussions, you know, kind of extracting the juice from the topics that we have here, um, and just yeah. having a wonderful wonderful discourse what we see are the highlights of your experiences as an open dream scholar and then you know transitioning from the academic space into the professional space where you are right now at BlackRock as, as a software engineer
2: uh, yeah thank you for the question being an open dream scholar um, it's an amazing experience for me it was great because I was in the midst of other like-minded individuals um, who were passionate about changing community. Um, I joined Open Dreams in 2015 when I was still in Austin high school. Um, my physics teacher, Mr Akaba, really encouraged me to think about beheading change in my community and he felt that joining Open Dreams would be an amazing opportunity for me, um, not just to excel at, at a foreign university, but also to build connections that are gonna help me in in future, build, bring lasting change to my country, Cameroon. And it it was it was a tumultuous journey along the way, because I had to learn a lot about applying to scholarships, which was a very foreign concept to me at the time. Because when I was in Cameroon, my mind was about you know getting into the top universities in Cameroon. Uh, I wasn't thinking about opportunities out of the country so having to wrap my head around uh, taking standardized exams like the SAT the TOEFL um it it was like it just a bit of a hassle for me I w- also um i was studying at the time i was in high school when i joined up later on uh i started university in cameroon and trying to balance everything you know keep my parents happy as well because they were worried that oh the sun is has this good grades but it's not looking at things, you know, at the reality of things on the ground in Cameroon. he has this funny dream of wanting to study at a foreign university, which is not common for many people in the country. So um it has been an interesting journey anyway. And as I as I said at the start, the most interesting thing has been the people I've met along the way. Um and from there, moving to Edinburgh uh it was a totally different experience because um yeah on the massacre foundation scholarship I met people from other African countries. So within Open Dreams, you know, everyone is a Cameroonian, so you kind of have the same kind of thinking. And but then when you meet people from other African countries, uh for example, like meet people from Rwanda, um, who are really, really um we really dynamic people passionate about innovation uh, it's like they have endless bounds of energy to, to get stuff done um, it's a whole it's a whole different experience um, so I, I was really privileged and lucky to be part of the massacre Foundation scholastic community at Edinburgh um, I, I really loved the fact that um, I was learning and growing with these people throughout university um, the the culture shock, we all shared it together, uh, not liking the food uh, that we're presented with. We, we, we could, uh, you know, complain to each other about it. We could complain about the weather, you know. It was a whole new situation for us, and it was amazing that we could grow through it together. And after graduation, you know, like getting a job, uh, it was another shift because I've been in school all my life and now. I have to do a nine-to-five job sometimes more more than even nine to five on some days and yeah it is it's just been um, a learning experience throughout uh, and i'm grateful uh, to have gone through all of it
1: that's uh, that's amazing hoffman we all know at this point that you were one of the pioneer scholars at open dreams and so you have witnessed the growth of open dreams you've witnessed how Open Dreams has expanded its tentacles, how it has um, you know gone into different communities, spread its impact across different countries on the continent, you know, intensifying it in Cameroon specifically. And one, one of the core tenets of action at Open Dreams is enabling students to gain access to scholarship opportunities. And we all know, you know, as Cameroonians from this background. That there are some common misconceptions that people do have about scholarship and one of the main concepts is that of brain drain people talk about how brain drain how scholarship you know applications and all of that process uh, contributes mm-hmm. to brain draining a country or a community or a people of its valuable yeah. brains and so what do you mm-hmm. say to to this concept of brain drain and how do you think students should approach you know scholarship applications with this uh, uh, preconception or pre-misconception of brain drain?
2: Yeah, that's that, that's a very interesting question. Uh, <laughs> we can have a debate there all day about it. And yeah, um, at first I was one of those people who 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 was also very fearful of the idea that uh, the best African students, uh, the best Africans were living in their countries uh, to go and work for people in the West, you know, Western companies. And that uh, this is going to leave, you know, the African continent with with people who are ill-equipped to to solve uh, the continent's challenges. But I would say, uh, looking at it that way, it's um, it's an example of short-term thinking. Because if you if you think long-term, uh, most of those who leave the continent actually do come back to the continent. Um, it's just that within the period uh, when they're out of of the continent, people feel like, oh yeah, the continent has been robbed of its precious resources. Because at at the end of the day, we need people who have uh, a global outlook because the problems that Africa has are not like, you know, um, distinctively African problems. These are problems, these are challenges that are faced by people all around the world. Poverty is not restricted to Africa. Um, like uh, inequality, uh, low-quality education, all of those are not uh, problems that are specific to the African continent. When you do get to leave the continent, um, your mind becomes very open. You become very alert and very aware to the fact that um, like people across the world are going through the same problems that we are going through. Some of them in the West have already solved these problems to a great extent. Others are still lagging behind. So um, yeah, leaving the continent is gonna give you like a lot of exposure um, to the realities, you know, of these challenges. And um, I, I, I like referring to the case of China, you know, like China has stunned the world with how much economic progress it's made um, over the last three decades. And the model that China, that China used was sending their students to American schools and incentivizing them to get back to the country and develop it. Vito or Singapore, they did the same thing. Like they sent their best and brightest students to the USA and guaranteed them positions in government when like when they returned to the country. And that really spurred uh, those who were out of the country to say, hmm, like there is a real opportunity for me to apply the knowledge I've gained, you know, from outside of my country. Uh, back in my country like there's a real there's a real like there's a golden chance for me to actually you know solve those problems that um those problems that really
1: right right that's that's true yeah that's absolutely that that's a good point um and i do agree when you when you say that it's it's um Mm -hmm. you know indication of short-term thinking and most of uh great leaders and most of um the should I say most progressive accomplishments that have been done on the, on the continent are influenced to some degree by foreign scholars or by scholars who are African but have studied in in global institutions as well as global environments and goes in a global perspective, and that's absolutely true. But I think that is equally the school of individuals who make the case that you know the net the net effect of of this is not very not very positive. What would you say to those individuals?
2: Um the net effect. So they are saying that more people stay out of the country uh than those who actually return. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Then um I would say it, it is imperative that our government creates the right economic conditions for those who are out of the country to get back. Uh, because if not, like people will keep leaving the country, it's it's just the, the sad reality we have to face. Um but then um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that um, that those who leave the country uh, are actually gonna miss the continent. They're gonna like, they're gonna be stuck with the memories, you know, mm-hmm. the fun memories they had growing up, and that's was, that's was gonna pull them
1: back uh, to mm-hmm, come and yeah. a positive
2: change later on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with that point as well.
0: Dreams open, dreams the best place to be. Proaction, we will fight, we will make it big. Here at open dreams, open dreams.
1: Now we know, Hoffman, that scholarships are very, very competitive. I mean, they're right up there the most competitive opportunities on the planet, you know, globally. So yeah. what advice would you give to young students who are going in for scholarship opportunities and what specifically would you tell them with respect to their scholarship applications, how can they make themselves stand out from competition in terms of what they put in their scholarship applications? Are there like some specific, you know, touches that they can make in applications? Mm-hmm. Is there some specific information that they ability would really present the information that can make them stand out, you know, given this highly competitive environment.
2: Yeah, um, that's that's actually something um, I'm gonna explore a lot on um, because um, one misconception that we have in Cameroon is that um, scholarships are all about having good grades, uh, but that that's not true. Uh, most scholarship out there are for those who not only have good grades but also have have effected change in their community in one way or the other so um that's the first point in standing out you need something in addition to your grades uh to actually make you uh stand out from the rest uh one thing i also say is um uh, when looking for scholarships you should start very early uh that that was that was a mistake i made um a lot of the time I will leave I will look at this wonderful opportunity and i'll you know keep procrastinating and be like oh yeah no i I've, I've got enough time I'm gonna get to it um and then time passes the the application is far, the application deadline is fast approaching, and uh yeah, I begin to panic and you know just scribble some aces, put something together just to make it work, and then at the end of the day, you don't have a stellar application um that's something uh which can really be avoided. So I would say starting early. um, Yeah, it just gives you the edge over the others. Also, uh, make sure you do a lot of research. Uh, It doesn't matter whether you're going in for an undergraduate scholarship or a master's scholarship. You have to do research on the school, on the scholarship opportunity. Try to assess if you are a good fit for the program. So um, some programs are very, very, very selective. And so if you have average grades, uh, it's, it's not worth it like applying to that program. Um, also, I would say scholarships, each scholarship has some particular angle um, that that it's trying to, some, some particular target that it wants uh, or criteria that it wants students to meet. You know, um, some are heavily focused on leadership. Others are heavily focused on maybe volunteering, civil service. Others are largely tilted towards academics, and they don't really care that much about your community involvement. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to tailor your like your your application to to the criteria of each scholarship. Right. Try try to yeah. Don't don't just like write a generic application and send right, it to, to So so to you the know at at, at
1: at the end of the day, it, it really you know depends for the most part on what exactly you want so it's you have to know exactly yeah. what you want and then go okay. after that um with full throttle if if i can summarize your words and yep. that's absolutely yep. true yep. One, yep. one thing that open dreams does you know very very well is prepare students to understand what they want it was after going to the open dreams academy that i eventually understood what I really wanted and how I was going to go go about it, you know, and and since then there's been an an interesting transformation and I believe you can relate that as well. Right. So understanding what exactly you want, you know, as a prospective Mm -hmm. scholar and then tailoring your application, tailoring your, you know, additional materials and the documents that you upload within your application portal um, to that specific, you know, requirement is also very important. And so, Talking about a specific eligibility criteria, you started talking about it earlier, but I want you to go a mm-hmm. bit deeper into it. Um, there are different scholarships which require different things. You know, some scholarships you know require that you should be heavy on the side of entrepreneurship, you know, like Chevening scholarships. Mm-hmm. You need to have professional experience, you need to, you know, be engulfed in this space of entrepreneurship to some degree. You know, that others which require that you should, you know, be like saying 95 or to 90 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, academic so ha- having good ac- academic qualifications and then maybe some community engagement you know would mm-hmm. make you qualify for those scholarships. so in, in your experience being a scholar as well as mm-hmm. being within this global community of master foundation scholars from you know all parts of the world how how would you recommend that students you know um, craft their eligibility criteria to 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 go for the scholarships which require different things
2: Right, so uh, the Mastercard uh, Foundation Scholars Program is really about uh, developing uh, bright African students into into leaders who are going to change the continent in the future. So just looking at the ethos of that program tells you that you need you need to be heavily involved um, in community service, you know. of course they want of course they want you to be talented, to have good grades and all that. But community service is people tell it's it's what's gonna you know make you a good fit for the Mastercard Foundation Scholars program. And uh, yeah, one way one way by which Open Dream Scholars can do that is uh, just take advantage of the numerous volunteering opportunities that, that that are that are made available to you. You know, open dreams has been has been uh like stellar in championing like community uh, uh, community-driven events, you know, and be it be it like visiting uh, orphanages, um, or just assisting at healthcare centers, or participating in community cleanup you know, campaigns. Um, it it could be tutoring, you know, like uh, like students in secondary schools, like passing down your knowledge to them. There, there, are many ways to get involved in your community. Um, yep, it it could even be just. Uh, yeah, it, it could like there there are many many ways uh, by which you could actually do something worthwhile in your community and that's gonna like make you a great fit for the Mastercard Foundation Scholars Program. And and of course, uh I would say one thing with scholarships, with getting a good scholarship, is also having people who recommend you. So when you are doing these community activities, make sure that it's visible to your recommenders or make sure you actually communicate it to those. Whom you want to recommend you for for the scholarship programs uh, because you don't want to do all like all this label you know, community service, and no one no one sees it. It's not recognized. Like your application is void of it. Uh, you want to make sure that it's visible for all to see. Yeah, uh, and of course, and, and, and a, good, a good a good practice for that
1: is to document right when you. are Going through all this community service and doing all these things, it's always absolutely important to document in the form of photos, short videos, Mm -hmm. you know, writing reports about Mm -hmm. it and all of that. Documenting is very, very important as well. You know, at the end of the day, you have to show proof that okay, this is what you have done besides um, besides your good grades, you need to you need to show proof, and even to those who are recommending recommending you as well. You could have all this proof in the form of photos, videos, um. Written blog posts and reports, and then you just share with them. So that while writing recommendations for you, they know exactly what to fit into those recommendation letters, and that's absolutely true. Recently, I I was applying for the Manila Washington Fellowship, which I was shortlisted for, and uh, the recommendation right. played a very, very key role in in the whole application process. So I do agree when you when you say that. All right, so so let's let's move on to talking about interviews for a bit. Interviews are usually the most nerve wracking part of the whole application process because. It is it is when you have yeah. to prove that you have you are who you say you are and defend what it is that you've written in your essays, you know, defend the submission that you have essentially presented. And most people fumble, you know, at, at the at the stage of interviews and they lose opportunities because they were not prepared enough to handle an interview, or maybe they were prepared and then they got to to the interview room and because of one reason or the other. Um, they lost track of yeah. the answers and other preparations and everything went to to vain. So what do you think students should do to prepare themselves adequately for interviews? And, mm-hmm. and again, an interview is particularly interesting because it's a student sitting there having to speak. It's very different from writing. So what are your key mm-hmm. recommendations as to how students can, one, prepare for interviews and two, how should they approach and take interviews?
2: Right. So the first one, how should they prepare for interviews? Um, my go-to, my go-to solution is always doing mock interviews. Uh, practice, practice. Grab, grab your mentor. Grab uh, an open dreams call out. Like tell them, hey, I've got the, an interview coming up. Uh, I need you to prep me for the interview. You know, like what 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 you want is to simulate um, the interview situation, right? Uh, like put yourself. You know, you know, in that particular situation. Uh, so that you can actually feel, you know, the, the tension and everything at the moment. That that's gonna that's gonna like help you get less nervous as as you actually await the actual
1: interview. And try to also anticipate uh, the question. Oh, is, oh man, it might be is out. it is it just me or mock interviews are usually more nerve wracking than actual interviews? I don't know. Is it just me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well. For me, for me, um, mock interviews were less nervous than the actual interview. <laughs> so maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just you. Um, I think I think for me they're less nervous because uh, I'm actually talking to someone I know, but on the day of the interview I don't know who might show up. You know. So um yeah, <laughs> that's just yeah me. it's definitely just yeah me. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah um yeah yeah I was also saying yeah like you should try to anticipate the questions you maybe ask uh, especially um especially for scholarships with clearly defined criteria for example the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program which I'm always gonna refer to um it wants you of course the the, the ethos of the scholarship is about community service so. You know for sure that they're going to ask you something about like your community involvement and all of that, so it should not come as a surprise during the actual interview if that question comes up. Um, Yep. So, to to make sure, you try to answer the questions and prepare answers for them, but then also be ready um, for diversions along the way. You know, things don't usually go according to plan, and do mock interviews. And on the day of the actual interview, I would say, um, yeah. If you get really, really nervous, like a few minutes to the interview, do some breathing exercises, um, take a walk, stretch, do whatever you have to do just to calm yourself down and approach the interview as though you're talking to someone you know. For me, like, that's, that's my go-to, um, like, that's my go-to solution. Just like, uh, try to think you're talking to your best friend or, you know. Like someone, someone that you know, that's gonna make you feel less nervous, more comfortable, and yeah, just just feel free, you know, to speak up your mind. If if you uh, if you are feeling a great fit, I don't see um why you should be that worried or nervous um, about getting through the interview questions. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, one one thing that I also think that maybe I could add here is that you know the way you communicate the answers during the interview. It's just as important as the contents of the answer like how you you explain your point you know how you present your point as well um it is very so just as important as what the point is itself so if you have a good point yeah. or you have a good answer and you can't yeah. say it well yeah you're going to be discredited you know because of that yeah. so maybe learning yeah. some public speaking skills or you know practicing like you mentioned earlier with, with mocking type use as well um that yeah. that's very important yeah. so um, how about how about ACs? Because interviews are kind of the spoken part of the process, and then essays is where you where you're writing. We we are going to do an episode specifically on how to write a great essay with, with Mohammed from Harvard. But I, I want you mm-hmm. to provide some recommendations as to how students can craft amazing and winning essays because the ACs are really how you get your foot in the door. If you write a bad essay, mm-hmm you're not going to progress in the process of the scholarship selection. So once they read your AC and it's bad, um, you're not going to move any further. So it's where students have to prepare themselves to get their foot in the door. So what is your recommendation on, on how to write a great AC? And what are some ideas that you can provide from your experience as a MasterCard scholar on how to write um, winning scholarship ACs? Right. So um, the
2: first thing I'll say is just make sure that, uh, make sure that you are actually following the essay prompt, so don't go out of topic. Don't, don't 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 try to write what you think is the right answer. Like follow the prompt and try to give an answer that befits the prompt. Um, next thing I would say is tell your story. Just be authentic. You know, um, don't don't try to sugarcoat things. You know, and that that's gonna go a long way because with, with the essay part. They actually want to see you beyond your grades, beyond like everything else in your application. They want to hear your story. They want to hear about what makes you you. What makes you stand out from the other candidate? You don't want to write something very generic in in the essay that's going to make you look like the others. You want to make sure that your essay yeah is distinctively about you. Uh, it captures it captures uh, your community service. It captures. Um, your life experiences, it captures your plan for the future. Um, your essay should be something that people can read and be like, "Oh, like this person actually knows what they're doing. They have they have a clear plan. Um, through through the essays, the scholarship committee should be able to see that you're a great fit for them, and that you actually have a well thought out plan for how that scholarship is going to help you to achieve your future goals. And yeah, make sure that when you write the essays, you give them for like like to for, to others to review those essays. You know, like don't think like oh, I know it all. I've got the best grammar, the best vocabulary. Mm, yeah, write. yeah, the true. Yeah.
1: All right. Um. Thank you, Hoffman. With that, we we have ended. You know the the uh, Open News Podcast episode for today, talking about how to go after um, scholarship opportunities. Thank you for your contributions and your ideas and your experience on these topics we have covered. Um, Common misconceptions around scholarship opportunities. We have equally talked about how students can better craft um, the eligibility criteria of the scholarship to fit what it is that they want and what they are looking for. We have also looked at... um, taking interviews as well as writing essays and we are we are quite grateful for your ideas on this. But there's one question that we always ask all the guests at Open Dreams Podcast. I mean, it's more of a very, very generic question. And it's that you should provide some recommendations, general recommendations, general advice for any listener who is listening to Open Dreams Podcast. Now the case may be that it's a student who wants to get a scholarship who is listening to us right now. It may also be a medical doctor who, you know, is just listening to us um, on his drive to work. So be as generic as possible. Give us a few words of advice from your end.
2: Right. Um, to all who are listening, i was just tell them, that um, like change is very much possible um, in whatever sphere of life you're operating in. Um, because I think at the end of the day, um, we are all human beings and we want to live the planet better than it was when we came into it. So um, Open Dreams is one of the very few um, education organizations in Cameroon that are championing change uh, by empowering you know, young young people to get a good education, which they can use later on to transform their communities. And I would say um, for, for this to be possible, for the grand vision of Open Dreams to be possible, it like it takes collective effort. You know, And we must not be an Open Dreams scholar uh, to, to bring about change. You can be whatever, a lawyer, um, a doctor in Cameroon, a teacher. In one way or the other, um, you can champion um, causes for change in your community. Um, Open Dreams is just one vehicle driving this change, but um, if everyone chips in in their own little corner, um, this is going to be a reality in, in just a few decades to come.
1: Thank you, Hoffman. And with that, we come to the end of today's episode of the Open Dreams Podcast. Thank you, dear listeners, and until next episode. Cheers.
0: Show